Today, we're talking to Susie and Netta about writing about work. So about a piece of work and why that is important, not necessarily in the artistic world, because Susie is an editor-in-chief of Design Anthology. Maybe you can give us a little bit of an overview of what it is that you do and where you come from. Uh, Okay, so I actually trained as an interior designer before I moved into media. And as Erica said, I'm now the editor-in-chief of Design Anthology. And we are a Hong Kong-based publication, but we're focused on the whole of Asia. And we publish uh, stories that features that relate specifically to the built environment. So we're not looking at just art. It's actually... Um, from macro topics uh, that relate to city planning and urban living to architecture, interior design, and then everything that is in a building. So furniture design and art fit within that. And so we, we still print. We print four issues a year and we distribute those printed copies internationally, but the focus of the distribution is Asia. And I guess we are somewhat... Um, an interesting example, I should say, because we, even though we're based in Asia, the only language that we publish in is in English. Um, and whether that's the right way to do it or not, I don't know if it's right or wrong. Um, but we do that because we felt that it was the common language, I guess, throughout Asia um, for right or wrong reasons. And that we also wanted the magazine to feel international rather than just being a sort of regional publication. Um, And I think maybe to sort of then try and answer your question is um, sort of talking about writing about artistic or creative endeavours. We do that, I suppose, because sharing information is important. Um, Knowledge and education is important. Um... But, you know, I guess it's one thing to go to school and study something, but when you're practicing whatever it is that you're practicing, whether it be art or interior design or architecture, I think it's important to know that you're not the only one doing that and that maybe some of the challenges that you face, you're not the only one facing those challenges, um, whether it be just in your industry or just in your country or in Asia. Um, actually one of the most common things that I hear from people as I'm traveling and I'm meeting people is, you know, certain issues within particular industries, whether it is interior design or architecture. And I think more often than not, people that are telling me these things, that they're facing these challenges, think that they're alone and, or that it's unique to their country. And that is not the case. And I'm here to tell you that. (laughs) So I guess that's a part of what the magazine is. We believe that we're actually a platform uh, for a community, I suppose, Um, for people to be able to talk, to be able to interact. Um, And I think Asia is is unique in many ways because the creative community there particularly um, is not very well connected, unlike other parts of the world, I've felt. Um, And that is for a variety of reasons, language, culture, but also just geographical separation. So that was one of the really the main kind of motivations for us to want to start the magazine was to create something that was across regions or across countries in one region that could kind of pull people together to let them know that they're not alone, 
um, but also to be an educational tool. So just because you've left school doesn't mean that you stop learning. I think many people learn a trade or a craft uh, or an industry and really that is a pretty bare minimum, I think, and then when you go out there into the workforce and maybe being a practising artist is a little bit different than being a designer in some ways. Um, but that when you go out there into the workforce, that the knowledge that you have really only kind of is the beginning of it. And um, I think furthering the dialogue beyond school is really important for people to know that there are there is a lot more to learn and um, and that they can learn that from their peers and they don't necessarily have to look overseas to um, to learn from foreigners. There's, it's not necessarily superior what's happening overseas as, to, as opposed to Asia. So it's a long-winded answer. So I am wondering, um, for me as an artist, I feel like for me to really feel like a piece is complete when I've fully written the artist statement to go with the piece. So as an editor of a magazine, I'm wondering, because you have said that it's a language. English is a language that still ties everybody together. Um, how important do you think writing is in terms of tying people together in the same language? And I suppose the language ne- isn't necessarily about English. It's more about this idea of creativity and sharing that creativity where um, everyone has a commonality to understand what is being said. How important do you think writing is within the creative industry today, especially because we text and it's, I I mean, that's a different form of writing, but, you know, in the very traditional writing method in today's society for creativity, how important is that? Well, I'd, I'd like to think that it is still very important. I mean, we print, we don't put pen to paper, so there is obviously still a very strong digital element to what we do. But yes, we do still print and there is actual writing going on. Um, and I would like to think a very high standard of writing that's going on. Um, I think it's very important to write about creativity um, for a couple of reasons. Um, it really depends on what discipline you're talking about. I think art is is almost a standalone when you talk about maybe industrial design or interior design or architecture because each of those fields, I think the end result has, is there is some sort of function and that's why we call it design as opposed to art. I think artists can create things that are either beautiful or thought-provoking and they don't necessarily need to um, have a function or fulfil anyone's requirement, I guess. Um, whereas with design... It does. And so I think that from my point of view, because I don't come from the art world, I come from the design world, that writing about it is incredibly important because it helps to explain the process, I suppose. And maybe that is also very common with art, that talking about process, thought process, um, I think the way that people approach the creative process and being inspired is interesting to other creative people to know Um, that maybe if you are feeling stuck that there are methods and tools that you can use to get unstuck. Um, But I think also particularly when there is a function, so design versus art, that there is a real function and an importance, I think, in writing about those things because particularly with architecture and, say, city planning, that these things affect everyone. They, you know, we live in a world that is rapidly urbanising 
and uh, understanding what makes good design or what makes good architecture is incredibly important because it affects all of us, even if we're not funding or commissioning these pieces. Um, and I think maybe on a separate level then that art is really there for the enjoyment of everybody, but the way that it's written about often is not necessarily understandable to everybody. And so it depends on what you're talking about when you say writing about art. You know, I think there's a certain language and, and I'm sure anyone that's read about anything about art will know what kind of language I'm talking about, that you get halfway through a sentence, you have to go back and start again because it's completely undecipherable. And often writing about architecture is is often very similar. It's, it's very academic and, and often very pretentious, to be completely honest. Um, so I think it is important to be able to write about things, things in a very um, approachable way so that it feels much more democratic and that everybody has access to that information. So when I write artist statements, it really is about the process of why I chose my site how I've made my piece, why I've made it the way, why was that English? Why I've made it the way I've made it. So I'm curious as to, as an interior designer, do you feel like it has given you a different set of knowledge and skills to talk about whatever you, whoever you're interviewing or whatever studio that you're interviewing, that, that insight to therefore relay to other people in a print format is engaging is not the right word but it's more it gives you a different tool set set skill set versus somebody who actually comes from a writing background but has no creative background yeah I would say definitely um and uh <laughs> You know, I guess I'm not being very objective, but I would like to think that that's maybe one of the major differences between us and other design magazines, that that because that is my background, that, you know, I agree with you that there's a certain vocabulary that's used um, that is common within certain fields so that I can go and meet another interior designer or an architect and be quite comfortable with the language that they're using and be able to ask I would hope somewhat educated questions. I don't always do the interviewing. And for that reason, we also tend to be very particular about the writers that we work with, that they come from the field that they're writing about. And so often the people that contribute to our magazine are actually trained as architects or interior designers or urban planners or studied fine art or art history. And I think that that's really important. And even though, as I just sort of said before, I think it's it's also important that the language be approachable and understandable and not pretentious, but it also needs to be educated. Um, and I think that it's very obvious to me, and I'm assuming anyone else in the industry, that when you start reading a piece of text by someone that clearly knows nothing about what they're writing about, um, and that I think unfortunately happens more often than not, um, it's very off-putting and so while we would definitely say that our audience are designers and educated people within the creative fields, um, I think we like to write in a way that makes it accessible to people that are also not and so that they can learn in a way um, that is not, uh, I think, sort of condescending, I suppose. So what I'm hearing is that... When you have an opinion and have been educated within the creative industry, 
it helps when you're trying to go and relay your thoughts on a more general, more approachable level. So that gives me hope that maybe what it is that I've studied and the tools that I have in doing what I do could therefore be relayed to the rest of the world, maybe, if I don't make it sound so jargony and unapproachable. Um, but I'm really glad to know that there are transferable skills and maybe potentially writing to other people is important because I definitely know that writing is very important to me. Um, and specifically, I think it's being able to get the thought out of your head because sometimes when you have a thought inside your head, it doesn't matter how loud it's being screamed in your head. If it's not being articulated in a way where other people can understand and other people can hear it, you know, it, it goes back into that kind of philosophical idea of like, if a tree falls down in a forest and no one hears it, did it fall down? And I think that it is for me, especially because of doing a PhD in a completely different um subject matter it is really important to be able to convey your thoughts as clearly as possible when it's in a different industry or no one that is inside your head um and to have that i am glad to know that there are still possibilities for that so thanks pleasure <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode. And in the next episode, we will talk about making work.